you, you may have already picked up on it. Um, uh, today's service is going to be a, a already has and is going to be a lot different than than normal. We uh, we have a lot of our folks over at the Baptist Church. We weren't sure really how many we'd have her today, so so we're having a a, a muted service, a a, a a a cut back, pared back service today. So only three songs. Uh, I, I promise you guys were lucky you came today because this is going to be the probably the shortest sermon I've ever preached. Um, but I will finish it next week. So uh, come back next week and you get to feel the end of this. Have you ever had one of those days? And, and I'm sure you have. Probably all of us have. One of those days that that when it was over, when you got home or, or maybe when things just calmed down from the day, you were you were just you were just wore out. You, you I mean, you were just dead on your feet. Maybe maybe you had to work a double shift or maybe you had to work six, seven, eight days in a row or something. Or maybe it's the middle of, of, of planting season or harvest season. You've been running 18, 19-hour days uh, for, for weeks on end. Maybe, maybe you... Uh, uh, maybe you've been outside working in the heat, and if you did anything, I mowed the yard yesterday morning at 7:30, and and by by 10 o'clock weeding, I was I was finished. Man, it was hot yesterday. But maybe maybe you've been out in the heat, and man, it just has drained you. Maybe you've maybe you've been chasing kids around the house and picking up after them and cooking and cleaning all day long. You're you you come to the end of the day, and you are. You are beat. And, and I, I don't know what other people do, but, but when I have those days, I walk into my living room, and almost as if it's calling my name, my recliner sits there and says, come, find rest. And I will sit down. Uh, the older I get, I don't know if anyone can, can associate with this, the older I get, once I pull that lever back, I'm done for the rest of the evening. Anyone else like that? You, you wake up about 10.30, like, oh, man, I... I and, and I wake up at 10.30 like, do I have the energy to go upstairs and go to bed, or would I just want to stay here? But, but you sit down and you find rest. Maybe that's in a bedroom. Maybe that's in a, in a place where you can, you, you can just sit down and relax. Maybe it's on a front porch, but, but you find rest. During Jesus' ministry, Jesus traveled. A good part of his ministry, Jesus traveled throughout Galilee. Now, now he spent a lot of time in Jerusalem. He spent a lot of time around the Sea of Galilee and some time in Samaria, but, but a large portion of his ministry was spent traveling around Galilee, which was basically a rural area. There were small pockets of towns and villages, but, but he would travel from, from village to village to, to village. And, and when he did, he encountered people who were weary. Now, now, my guess is that a lot of them were physically weary. Uh, during that time, life was tough, particularly in, in the Galilee area. If, if you were a fisherman, it was, it was hard work. If you, were, if you were a farmer, you were literally scratching out an existence uh, in, in, on the hillsides uh, in Galilee. Uh, it, it was a hard life, and I'm sure they were physically weary they 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 labored uh, from sun up to sun down just to provide for themselves and their families and life i'm i'm confident that life beat them down and they and they they knew what it was like to finish a day dead on their feet but not only were they physically weary they were emotionally and spiritually weary 
They long for someone, anyone to speak to speak some word of hope into their lives. Uh, they long for someone to speak truth into life. They, they long for someone to speak value into their spirit, to say they were worth something. They were, they were weary. The, the reality is, the reality is we find ourselves <coughs> like that as well. Uh, we find ourselves worried. Life, life can be can be hard and can be full of challenges. It, it, it seems like more and more in our day there there's there there is at every turn someone or something calling out for our time or for our attention or demanding that we give something of ourselves and. And and it drains us. Physically, yes, but emotionally and spiritually as well. Are you are you weary? Well, if you're weary, Jesus offers an invitation. Uh, an invitation that I think you will find intriguing as well as encouraging. Are you weary from life? Are you weary from the expectations placed on you by others, by by yourself, by your your boss, by your church, your faith, are you weary from failure and disappointments? Then, then there's good news. Jesus invites you to rest. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to look at some verses that, that are probably very familiar with, with you, probably verses you've read before, maybe you've turned to in, in times of spiritual drought or physical exhaustion, uh, words that Jesus speaks us. We'll, we'll look at just a little bit today and then finish up next week. But look with me in Matthew 11, starting with verse 28 to the end of the chapter. Notice what Jesus says. And, and I'll challenge you to, just to kind of catalog to yourself what, what your spirit feels like as we read these words. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I, I don't know if, uh, if you're like me, but just reading those verses uh, brings a calm on me. I, I've got a Garmin watch that gives my heart rate. I, I should, should have watched as I read that. Did my heart rate go down? That, that is, th- those words are calming uh, and we find that Jesus actually here gives us three commands. We'll look at just the first one. In fact, not all the first one this morning, and then we'll look at the other two next week, finish the first, look at the other two next week, and they build on each other. Here's the first one. It's obvious. It's, it's not going to, if you're filling out your outlines, you can probably guess this one right away. Uh, the first one, come. Come. Now, now I want you to notice something. It's kind of interesting here. Uh, who is invited? Who's invited to come? Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Anyone here weary and burdened? Now, now, if you're not right now, and you will be. If, if right at this moment you're like, man, I'm good, I'm, I'm, I'm refreshed, I, my spirit's doing well, I'm physically great. If not now, there will be a time that you will be weary and burdened. And when that happens, I want you to remember this promise, this promise to come. Uh, if you have your Bible still there in Matthew chapter 11, back up, back up to the start of the chapter. I'm going to read a couple verses there. And, and I'm going to read these verses because it kind of puts it into context 
about who Jesus was talking to, because it's always important that we understand who was listening, uh, the, the ones that were there. Now, when Jesus spoke these words, he was traveling about Galilee. So, so he was around the, the people that were tired, that were weary with life, that were weary spiritually and emotionally, because not, not much was going for them. And, and, and he spoke to them. So look, go back to chapter 11, the first six verses. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. So that's where we are at the end of the chapter. When John, uh, speaking of, it's John the Baptist, uh, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, <coughs> excuse me, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? I think I've talked about that before. How weird of a question from John the Baptist. How weird. He, he heard what Jesus was doing, and still he had these doubts. Jesus replied, now, now catch this, because this, this tells us who he's talking to later on. Jesus replied, go, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is who is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. What was was John doubting that Jesus was what was the Messiah? Uh, he, he had he had pointed to Jesus early in Jesus' ministry, really before Jesus' ministry started. He had pointed to him, said, "There's the Lamb of God. That's the one." He later on said, "Don't don't follow me. I, I've got to I've got to kind of slide into the background." But he's the one you need to follow. Maybe things weren't happening quick enough for John. I don't know. Maybe John was was stuck in prison and felt like, "Hey, things aren't going the way they should." But but the reality is, if I had been Jesus. I don't know that that would have been the response I would have had to John. I, I think I would have said to John's followers, they, they, they were, I don't know if there were three or four of them that, that brought that message, I think I would, have, I would have given them a different response. I would have, I would have been a little bit more terse. I, I would have said, you go, you go back and tell John, you go back and tell John that he was there. Tell John, don't you remember when you baptized me? What came from heaven? Now, let me ask this question. Just raise your hand if you can remember. Can you guys remember, I mean, visually remember uh, the moment you accepted Jesus? Can you remember the moment you were baptized? Remember, I, I can, I was fifth, fifth, sixth grade. I can remember the, the moment that our preacher put me in the water. I, I, I remember the, I can still feel the feeling of cleansing that, that I had when I, I come up out of the water. Uh, but you know what didn't happen at my, uh, you know what didn't happen at my baptism? A dove did not appear. Nothing flew down and landed on my shoulder. You know what else didn't happen? I didn't hear anyone uh, say anything. Now, now my mom might have said "Amen" or something like that, but I didn't hear a, I didn't hear a booming voice coming from heaven. Way to go, Tim! I'm proud of you. 
You're my son. I, nothing like that. I think if I was Jesus, I would have said, hey, remind John that when he baptized me, not only did a dove appear, come from heaven, but, but God said, this is my beloved son who, who, who I'm, I'm proud of. I, I, think that's, I think that's all I would have said. Uh, I, well, no, actually, that's not what I would have done. If I were Jesus, can I get an amen that I'm not Jesus? Okay, yeah. Uh, and you're glad you're glad I'm not Jesus, because uh, I know what you're thinking right now. And you're thinking, "Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a short sermon." But uh, but the other thing, I, I, if I was Jesus, what I would have done, I would have done a Jedi Knight uh, levitation trick on his followers. I think I would have just pointed at him, lifted him up, got him up about five six feet off the ground, and said, "You tell John this. You tell John this." But that's not what he did. Instead. He didn't really answer the question. Uh, he didn't really answer. He, he said, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, good news proclaimed to the poor. Now, what's a common thread uh, that's weaved through these groups? They were powerless, hopeless, outcast, unclean, weary, and burdened. So, so that's the context. Just so, so you understand uh, verses 28 to 30, that's the context of who Jesus is talking about here. The one who had nothing and nothing to give in return, he says to them, come. Uh, now, 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 let me look at just quickly two applications. First of all, there's a missional application here for the church. So when we look at these verses, uh, particularly in the context, I think we have to realize, okay, that, that is saying something to us as a church to say, hey, what is our mission? supposed to be shouldn't we be moved by what moves jesus if jesus says the the hurting the helpless the hopeless if he says to them come shouldn't those be the ones that we're inviting as well see it's intentional we should look at this first and it should challenge us to say you know what as a a a believer and as a church this is what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be inviting those that are hurting and are struggling we're we're to invite them to Come. Uh, when I was a kid, about once a week, um, as I recall, it might have been every two weeks or so, but, but, but once a week, every couple of weeks, there was a lady that lived a block and a half from our house that would come over uh, to, to our house, and mom would, uh, would fix her hair. Uh, my mom was not a beautician, had no training, uh, except having four daughters. I guess that's training enough, but she would fix this lady's hair and really what that amounted to is she would wash her hair for her, which is probably the only time it got washed in that period and then she would would uh, put pins in it and curl it and dry it and then fluff it out and so forth the, the, the lady's name was flossy knox now let me just now th- this is bad does anyone have a relative named flossy any any moms good i didn't want to offend anyone when you think of someone named flossy what's the first thing that comes to your mind 
What? <laughs> teeth or no teeth? Teeth or no teeth? I think the cow, Flossie the cow from some commercial way back when I was a kid. But you think Flossie, you just kind of, I'm, I'm bad, I'm terrible, God forgive me, but I just kind of think, okay. And if you're thinking that, you are right. Flossie was a case. She, she was my best friend Randy's grandmother, but, but they, she was just a different, a different lady. And I remember one time, Mom would wash her hair. I mean, probably took about an hour. Wash her hair, pin it all up, dry it, comb it out, and, and Flossie would hand her a quarter. Now, back in 1970, a quarter was worth, you know, you could buy a lot for a quarter. Worth about 50 cents a day. So it still wasn't very much. But, but I remember asking Mom one time, because Mom didn't particularly like doing it. She didn't, you know, Flossie was different. But I remember asking Mom one time, well, why do you do it? Uh, her, her own... Her own daughter-in-law was my mom's best friend. She lived in town. She could have been doing it. And I remember my mom saying this, if, if I don't do it, who will? If I don't do it, who will? See, the reality is Flossie was, was different, but she was a burdened person. Uh, she had a difficult life. And, and that little bit of attention that my mom gave to her spoke into her heart. It it's a missional statement, first of all. Come to me. That's missional for the church. And, and there's a personal application for us as well. Did, did you notice what Jesus said? It's, it's right there in the text. It's, it's obvious. I feel kind of funny even mentioning it. It's right there. It's obvious, but it could be easily missed. He says, come. Well, what's he say? Come to me. He says, if you're weary and burdened, if you're struggling, if you've got heartache, if life doesn't make sense, if, it, man, if you just don't want to get out of bed because you're discouraged and depressed, he says, come to me. Now, now here's the problem. We, we try to come to so many other things. Uh, if, if I could only have one more week of vacation. Anyone want that? Anyone want another week of vacation? I, we'd all sign up for that. If I could have only one more week of vacation on a, on a beach somewhere or in the mountains or, or at Disneyland, uh, Disneyland's not very restful, but, but if I could have one more week of vacation or, or one more weekend adventure where, where we got away for a weekend as a family, if, if I, this is probably none of us, but maybe someone at home might, might feel this or you might know someone that does. If I could just sit back and enjoy a stiff drink, uh, boy, then I would find rest. If, if, I could, if I could just buy another outfit or another pair of shoes or a, a, a new gun or a new toy of some, if I, could, if I could just order something and wait for that, that shipment to arrive at my house, then... When that gets there, boy, that's going to speak to me, and I'm going to find rest. If I could just carve out enough me time, then I'll have rest. But if if we're honest with ourselves, what we know, uh, what, what we know is to be true. He doesn't give us much rest, or if it does, it's not for very long. Notice the simplicity of the invitation. 
if you are weary, if you are weary, come to me. Well, I'm going to just do a couple more points and we'll leave them. What, what prevents us? What prevents us from coming to the Lord? I, 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 think, I think, number one, we struggle with pride. What, what do you mean there? Why, 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 why do you say we struggle with pride? See, Jesus, Jesus describes here, hopefully I set up the, the, the background pretty good, that it's, he was talking about blind, lame, lepers, deaf, poor, the people that were hurting, people that didn't have anything. Uh, here, here's the problem. Our own pride says, that's not me. See, see we don't see ourselves as, as weary and burdened. We don't see ourselves as needing someone. Now, now it's easy to see in this text, as, as Jesus strolled from, from city to city, from little town to town, and, and people were hurting. I mean, you, you'd walk in, you'd see, man, you knew their lives were, were weary and burdened. And, and Jesus was speaking truth to them. Jesus was letting them know that he loved them, that God loved them, that there was hope, that God, God was listening to their voices, and God wanted to reach into their lives and give them peace and hope. Now, we can understand, well, of course they would listen to that, but, but the reality, we're, we're a little bit different, but it's the same. Our, our, our souls search for something, and we try so many ways to get it, but, but I think for us it's a little bit of, little bit of pride. See, see, these guys, these, these lepers and blind and deaf, they, they knew they were hurting. They realized it. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus speaks these words. And it's easy for us to draw a straight line to, to Matthew eleven twenty eight. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Well, that's what he came for. Well, let me, let me share something. That's us. See, the ones Jesus spoke about knew they were broken. Uh, they got up every day and knew their lostness. The lame guy woke up every day knowing that he couldn't walk. The blind guy got up every day realizing, you know, I can't see a thing. The man with leprosy got up. Maybe, maybe he got up, and, and for a little while he thought, man, life's good. Then he looked down, and he saw the patches of sores on his arm. And if he didn't see that, someone else pointed out to him. But Jesus wasn't just speak, speaking to the physically hurting or about the physically hurting, but to those who were spiritually lost as well. And they knew they were lost. See, I think part of the problem is our, our pride seeps in. Our pride kind of sneaks in. And we say, well, that's not me. I'm not lost. I've got it together. I've got, I've, I've got a job. I've got a family. I've got a house. I've got everything together. And yet, and, and yet without Jesus, we're just as lost as they are. Francis Chan, I'll close with this. So, Colton, if you guys want to come on up. Francis Chan, in his book, Crazy Love, says this. He says, lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. They only want to be saved from the penalty of their sin. They don't genuinely hate sin and aren't truly sorry for it. They, they're merely sorry because God is going to punish them. Lukewarm people don't really believe that this new life Jesus offers is better than the old sinful one. You, you, know, you know what he's saying there. What we could wrap that up and say is to say we sometimes have pride.
we, we have pride that our that we don't really have sin in our life. We don't really have hurt in our life. We don't really have weariness or burden in our life that, that Jesus could do anything about. But Jesus promises us. And he says, come. Not, not to self-help, not to, to, to more vacation, not, not to, to more me time. He says, come. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for the promise that Jesus gave. Uh, literally, the command that he gave to us to come to him. Father, give us, the, give us the openness in our spirit, the honesty in our spirit to come to him. Lord, there are people that are burdened today. There's, there's people that are struggling here this morning in this body, those who are watching at home, certainly in our community. Father, you have the answer. You gave your son Jesus, and he invites us. He invites us to come to him. Now, now, will life get easier? Will, will we not have problems? Will, will he take away all the, the, the financial stress or the family stress? Well, no. But he will give us rest. Rest for our souls, rest for, for our hearts, rest for our spirits. Father, help us call on you. Come to Jesus to find that rest. In, in his name we pray. Amen. Would you stand?